Amen. All right. Whew. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. Let's go and do some work today, okay? So, um, by the way, we are going through our series on the kingdom of God, okay? And this is a little mini-series. It's going to take us four weeks to get through this, but it is significant. And I just want to let you know that that's what we're doing. So, um, uh, this, we started last week on this concept of the kingdom of God. By the way, um, uh, the verses, um, I believe the verses are on the, the service, on the, um, are on the uh, version. You can get all the verses. They're there for you, and you should be set to go um, for that. Uh, this morning. So last week, we are talking about this kingdom of God. I, I want you to know that just like anything, you'll hear someone say, I think, you know, what Jesus talked most about was money. Uh, or Jesus talked most about, uh, you know, was prayer. Or Jesus talked most about was um, hands down. The number one thing that Jesus talked about most was the kingdom of God. Hands down. And so it is, again, a, a concept for us that we opened up the door last week to talk about this idea of the kingdom of God. Because I will say, and, and it's actually not odd, because we don't live, our world is a democratic world here, we don't believe in a king system in our government, that this idea of kingdom is not necessarily very American. And yet, it is throughout Scripture, over and over again, this concept of the kingdom of God. And again, I, I refer you back to last week. That, that Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. That there would be this kingdom that he was establishing. And so with that, what happens now? So if there is this kingdom, and again, from the, from the, the concept of we're subjects of the kingdom, and I told you last week that God turns around and calls us his sons and daughters of his kingdom, then who are we? And the answer is we're sojourners. So what does that mean? We'll get to that in Scripture. But I want to take you back to where we started. I'm sorry, where we ended last week. In John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. My kingdom is not from the world. So, in this idea is that we have a kingdom that we're a part of, and by the way, we're not going to find it in its basis here. It is from heaven. And we'll walk through that a little bit more. So, where do I find myself in this kingdom? Where do I find myself in this story if it's not of this world? Philippians 3.20 says this, But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My citizenship is in heaven. And we await for it. So I need to understand that as I walk through this, as I do this, that what I'm looking for is not here. And let me just say this. We're not going to find it honestly in America. We're not going to find it in the world. We're not going to find our hope in government. We're not going to find our hope in these things. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. What I want for eternity is found in him. And so God says, Jeff, your citizenship, yes, you may be someone in, who is an American. But your citizenship is in heaven. And you need to understand that your brothers and sisters are around the world. 
brothers and sisters who don't even speak the same language as you, brothers and sisters who are finding out about their citizenship the way that you found out about your citizenship. And so as we go through this, I want us to unpack what happens when we become a part of this kingdom. In Galatians 3, 26 through 29, it says this, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Faith is the way in which I walk into this place of being a son or a daughter of God. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, right? He is now what I am about. I have put him on. I am in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor freak. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus becomes the unifying factor. And I've stated this many times. When you come to the church, I'm telling you, in this room, there are many reasons why we would not come together. Again, either that be over politics or over sports or over likes or over hobbies. Those things wouldn't draw us together. We come into this room differently with different backgrounds because of the person of Jesus Christ. He's the reason we come in here. He's the reason that we sit with each other and learn about each other's stories. Again, things that we may not agree upon, we then sit there and go, that doesn't matter because what's more paramount is Jesus Christ. And so in that, it's this idea of like, no, I I don't get to claim again, well, I'm Jew, you're Greek. He goes, no, that doesn't matter. You're in me now. You're in this new kingdom. Those things that we try to divide ourselves over, those things we try to say, oh, but I'm above you and you're below me. He goes, no, no, that doesn't matter. Again, there is no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. So when we come into this kingdom, we're trying to figure out, okay, but where am I in this? Watch this. And if you are Christ, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now, one thing you need to know about the history of the Bible is the law, the Jews, those who are set apart, the law part came through Moses. But the fact is, is that Abraham was told that he would have as as many children as there were stars in the sky or sands on the seashore. That's supposed to be a lot. What was being foreshadowed was, is that was not going to happen just by his bloodline to the Jews, but by the fact that we would be adopted as Gentiles in as his offspring through our faith in God. And so that's why it's talking about the fact, it's like, look, you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Because again, by Abraham's faith, which is what he was known for, then my faith puts me in that same category, and I get to be an offspring of Abraham. Because again, I'm something far greater than just the Jewish people. The Jewish people had a very significant purpose, and they were to fill something to bring about the Messiah. But once the Messiah came, the doors got opened that we Gentiles get access and adopted into this kingdom. So, let's walk through this. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Whoa! That, again, I've already started off with the word sojourners, but to think about this. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. I'm telling you right now, most of you don't see yourself that way. Your identity, again, is connected to maybe uh, being American, uh, maybe even into your uh, lineage. 
you know, where you've come from, or, you know, I'm Italian-American, or whatever that is, and, and you have all these connections. And yet, when we came to be a follower of Christ, Peter says, you're a sojourner and an exile. What does that mean? We have watched that play out. We have watched that play out in our culture today as we have watched so many people driven from their homeland, and we're watching it happen around the world. They are sojourners, temporary, exiles. They don't belong there. And in that feeling, there's a, there's a feeling that comes with that. The word sojourner, by the way, is, is defined by a temporary stay, a stay in a time and a place, again, only, only temporarily. So what does that happen there? Those people who have been exiled or have been run off from their, um, from their country, wherever they go, they don't feel at home. Things that are comfortable to them are not recognizable to them, whether that be language or signage or food, all those things. And all of you who've done some world travel, have gone around, you enjoy, you're like, wow, look at this culture, I get to see this. But you are very aware that they're not speaking English anymore. Is that true? You're just very aware. There's, there's not signs necessarily for you. Now, we are very fortunate that most of the world does accommodate the English language. But, but honestly, you still come into, when Jody and I went back to Russia, you're walking around going, wow, we can kind of figure out things, we can see things are, but again, it's like, no, this is not for us. This is not for my language. This is for the people who live here. So this is what I'm saying. When we become a child of God, this place should not be as comfortable as it was before. This place should not feel as comfortable as it was before. Because what's happening is, is I am realizing my citizenship is not here. This is not where this is about. Where this is about is a place in heaven for another time, and that's what I'm going for. And so, yes, the language and the jokes and the things, there should be something that we go, I just don't fit here. Because Christ has redeemed my life. He has pulled me out of a, of a place in which I was at. And has said to me, do you understand that this earth and, and the world that is here is not going to be that which sustains you? And then the battle is on. And then the fight is on. Because in this, what has identified me what is, what is said who I am, all of a sudden, I feel a pulling away from. And it even goes farther than that. So it says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Meaning that how I live, they're going to watch me, and although they'll speak against me, my actions will not give them leverage to speak against me. You can say something against me, but my actions will be ones of grace and love and forgiveness and mercy. Because my actions are going to say that there's something more important than, again, what's happening around me. 
I, I opened this door last week. I'm going to open it up a little bit wider this week. I, I am born in California, raised mainly in West Texas, uh, came back to California. Again, um, uh, stood at all the national anthems. I, um, I have then now voted in all uh, of, of the things I'm supposed to vote in, all those things. But let me just say this to you. My heart is more connected to the other sojourners and exiles around the world than it is with my fellow Americans. And for some of you, you're trying to, 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 to walk through that. Listen, I am a part of a brotherhood and sisterhood of believers who are exiles and sojourners who are going to spend eternity together. My heart cares of what is happening for the Christians in the Middle East or in Africa or in China. And yes, I know my role is to be here and to care for and to vote, and I do. But I'm telling you, my heart is beginning to tune into a place of that my brothers and sisters in Christ are my family, no matter their language, no matter their politics, no matter where they come from, that is where I come to. What did Jesus say? What is Jesus about? And it is so intriguing to me that again, and, and I'll use Russia, I, it happened in Haiti when I was there, to walk to people who I have nothing in common with except Jesus and feel a connection that is so deep and so rich and so full. Because their heart is the same heart that I have that they will spend eternity with their Heavenly Father. I am not a citizen I'm a citizen of America, but my citizenship is in heaven. And I should care of the things of heaven far more, far more than the things of where I live. This, God says, if you haven't read, is going to burn. This is temporary. He is eternal. He has called me to his kingdom. And I do not believe that a government or a political system or all these things are going to fix things. Only God fixes things. God uses whatever vehicle he wants, but I rely on him more than other things. I want to go back up. You were in verse uh, 11. I want to go back to verse 9 in the same passage. It says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Listen, he is giving me a new nation and calling us holy, a people for his own possession. When I step into, this is Peter who walked with Jesus. He goes, you are being called into a holy nation above whatever nationality you were born into. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm going to say this to you. Facebook. I know, I know from watching Facebook that I know more about people's caring about their football team than they do about Jesus. Nothing wrong about caring about your football team. 
But what we say and what we produce and what we talk about, do we, are we looking to a citizenship in heaven or is what we put out about these things that I'm going to tell you are going to burn? I'm not telling you that you can't talk about your football team. Go Dallas. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that when other people know more about other things than who you are in Christ, I think it says something. I am a part of a holy nation. I am bound, bound by a situation, by the way, thicker than blood because it was Christ's blood who, by the way, died for me and Christ's blood who died for that person in Africa or in the Middle East or in Asia or in Russia. Do you understand? That's my bond. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Isn't that an incredible phrase? Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Folks, this kingdom talk we're talking about is huge. And I know that we can keep trying to think it's about the church. The church plays a role, but I'm a part of a bigger kingdom. One of the things I have loved, loved, loved about coming to this area, Fremont, Newark, Union City, as I came in before I got here, even before I was the president of CityServe, already there were pastors who laid down their egos and said, we are the church of the Tri-Cities collective. And we need each other. We need each other. There's different flavors of us, and there's different things that we do. We do not feed the way, honestly, the Irvington, Irvington uh, Presbyterian does every morning. We don't have the food program that Centerville Press does. Yes, there's things that Cedars does. But let me just tell you, there is a beauty of the church collective. And there really probably isn't many of the churches in this town that if you don't know, I don't know the, per- the pastor personally and know who they are and know their story. And they know mine. Why? Because we pray together. We go on retreats together. Because we said that the kingdom of God was far greater than our individual accomplishments as a church. Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Luke 12, 31 through 33. Instead, seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you the kingdom. This little flock. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heavens, in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Now I realize the screens just went off. You're like, what's going on? This is where you should have a Bible or on your phone, so that way it doesn't lose out, right? I realize that the screens are not there, but it shouldn't be there. Here we are. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in, he- in the heavens that does not fail, and where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. My home is up there. This is temporary. This is not going to be what is going to last. 
Verse 25 of Romans 9, 25 through 26. As indeed it says in Hosea, those who are not my people, I will call my people. And, and her who was not my beloved, I will call my beloved. I love this next line. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. That's you and me. We were not their people. We were not born Jewish. We were not given that. But through Jesus Christ and through my faith in him, I now get to be called son of God. You get to be called daughter of God. And I'm part of a kingdom. And I should be worried about that kingdom. I should be worried about its health and its progress and its purpose. That's what I should be worried about. And there is plenty of room for me to worry about what's happening locally and nationally, and, but more importantly, what's work, what, what is happening and worrying about what's happening around the world. How are we making sure the gospel, that this kingdom message is going around the world? All right. This is what I got to fly through. You're going to make it. You're going to be fine. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 says this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles, that's you in the flesh, called the uncircumcision. By the way, that's how you were referred to. Who referred to you this way? By what is called the circumcision. So we are in, you are out. But look what it says here. This is so powerful. Which is made in the flesh by hands. This literally is, literally is Paul pointing out the difference was something that was made by hands. We have a God who works on hearts. They can't be touched by hands. It's done inside of us. So look what happens. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated uh, from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. There was a time the Gentiles had no hope. You were either of the bloodline, and you were a part of that process, or you were not. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. His blood allows me to have, again, a place in this kingdom. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus made it possible. Jesus made it possible. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. Saying, look, there was one man called a Jew. There was one man called a Gentile. I, through what I have done, have abolished all that. And we just get to be called sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. This is what we get to be called. And it's not anymore, again, about our lineage and our bloodline. It's about our faith. And it's about what he did on the cross. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Because what happens is a person who was a Jew, who by the way was of the circumcision, could look at someone who was not of the circumcision, called the uncircumcision, and look at them because because of your faith in Jesus Christ, we are one.
And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to one spirit, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now here's what's interesting. I'm no longer a stranger and alien, but I'm now a sojourner in exile. Do you understand what I just said? I'm no longer a stranger and alien, but the moment that I accepted Christ, I became a sojourner in exile to the fact that I believe that this world has the ways to give me what I need. It's not. My job promotion, my relationships, those things are not going to be the things that fulfill me. What is going to fulfill me is me understanding that I'm a child of the God of the universe, and he has brought me into his kingdom. And by the way, whatever divided me before, he has pulled that aside through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have access. And I am a member of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Amen. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple unto the Lord. Watch this. Here we go. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Last week, we unpacked this idea that there is a kingdom that Jesus came, by the way, to proclaim. That it was in their midst. And he will use the church and he will use his word and he will use his spirit to bring about this new kingdom. That, by the way, transcends denominations and transcends language and transcends culture. Therefore, I can go all around the world like I did when I was in Haiti. So I am, uh, I am 17 years old. Um, by the grace of God, I got chosen to go on a 21-day trip to the island of Haiti. The purpose of the trip was we visited all the different styles of um, missionary styles that were happening on the island of Haiti. So we had those that were building styles. You could come and do, do construction. You had those that were uh, doing a street ministry. We looked at those. We had those that were doing um, deep into uh, different languages. And so it was, it was an amazing trip. And our job was to come back and put together this portfolio so whatever group would want to come, hey, we really want to do a building site, we would encourage them to go there. It was an amazing trip. Now, this is, by the way, they just had a coup, and, and so when we got off the plane, um, I got off the plane to someone pointing a machine gun at me. That's how I got off the plane. Um, they were trying to hold an election, uh, trying, to, trying to bring Haiti together. Uh, there was 325 candidates for uh, president, and no way to even begin to have an election. It was a mess. It was a mess. And so I'm experiencing, but the, the day that I promise you will, that will to this day will, will stay with me, is that we uh, drove so far into Haiti. I mean, we just drove so far, and we got to a point we couldn't drive anymore, and we got out, and then we walked. We walked for an entire day. We started walking at about 9 in the morning, and that night we came into a village, who, by the way, turned around and fed us. And then we found out after they fed us, gave us their two-week supply of food in honor of these missionaries that would come. 
And I want you to know that they then put on a service. Listen to me. And, and I'm not a crier. Or these people, deep, who had, by the way, some of them had never seen white people before, were worshiping God. And I had no idea what they were saying, and yet I knew exactly what they were saying. I didn't understand the words, but I know they were crying out to the same king that I cry out to. They were singing the same praise to the same king that I sing praise to. And they were acknowledging their citizenship in heaven in the same way that I acknowledge my citizenship in heaven. It is still one of the more revolutionary times in my life that what brought us together, there was nothing. They had nothing. They couldn't read, they couldn't write, but they could praise. And they were winning their village for Jesus. They weren't waiting for the government to come and save them. They weren't waiting for something else to happen. They were relying on Jesus. I am coming to you to say that around this world, you are connected to a kingdom that is growing, a kingdom that is expanding. And it's not about, it's not about what is happening on this earth. It is about putting our eyes to heaven and trusting in a God that says, I have you, I have you, I have you, you are mine. We are sojourners. This is not my home. I should feel uncomfortable here. There are times I'm around people and I go, I'm sorry, I don't speak that. That doesn't resonate with my heart. That isn't what I do. What I am about is about something that is eternal, not something temporary. You, you can try to entice me with something that is temporary. And yes, there's moments I've given into that. But the reality is I am looking for something eternal. I am for something that will not burn. I'm looking for something that is stored up for heaven in, uh, in heaven for me. I am not of this world because... God says, my kingdom is not of this world. May I not be trapped by what this world offers. May I not be pulled in, but may I be pulled in by the kingdom of God that says that this is all going to burn. And whatever you think and how smart and whatever you think is going to happen, it's all going to burn. And all is going to be left is all of those that have looked up to the heavenly father and said, I am yours. I accept you as my heavenly father. I'm a sojourner, and I'm in exile. I don't belong here. I belong a place eternal, a place that will last forever in the presence of my God. And my job today and your job today is to get as many of those around you to come with you to that eternal kingdom. We are sojourners if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this is not our home. May we live like those who understand that. And with that, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us to see that when we put our hope and the things of this world. We put our hope in a 401k. We put our hope in the next candidate. We put our hope in the next 
thing that's going to come down the road and is going to be the next technological amazing thing, that none of that is what is going to do it. What's going to do it is relying and putting my hope in you, putting my trust in you. Because you are the one who is eternal. You are the one that has said to me, Jeff, this is not your home. You have given it to me. You've enjoyed me to to be a part of it. And I can utilize it and I can access it. But it's not my home. I am an exile here. I am a sojourner here. This is not what my focus should be. And I honestly today connect with the brothers and sisters who are in our cities, our state, our nation, and around the world that today are lifting up your voice, praising your name, and saying, He is God on high. And we are all lifting our eyes from this earth to the heavens and saying, That is my home. Father, please make that true for us. Encourage us, and and Father, move us in powerful ways. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.